Good morning, friends. Uh, welcome. My name is Brian. It's good to have you guys here today. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers. Uh, we've got some flowers for you when you leave, and we might even have extras. You might get, like, bonus flowers, so that might be pretty good, too. Uh, and uh, I, I was thinking about, because Mother's Day and stuff, there's this passage in Isaiah. I think it's in the 40s, somewhere like that. It's okay if I don't have it all memorized, just so you know. Uh, even the author of Hebrews said somewhere in this book he didn't, like, cite it exactly. So, so that's okay. The Bible even doesn't always reference exactly where the things are. So, so I figure I get that slack, too. But somewhere in Isaiah, it talks about the fact that even if the love of a mother would fail, right? Even if some, for some reason a mother stopped loving their kid, that, that God's love persists, so I just wanted to let you know that, that obviously, like, it's hopefully a mother's love never fails us, but God's love is even better than that, that God loves you exactly the way you are. He made you, and he loves you so much. Uh, he loves you even more than your mom loves you. So I just want to let you know that. That's pretty cool. Uh, so we've been going through a series called The Trinity, and we've been talking about that for a while, kind of how God relates to us, how God has revealed himself to us, uh, kind of the different roles of the different members of the Trinity. We don't quite understand how it works, where God is one, but he presents himself as three persons. And last week, I talked about the fact that God the Father isn't on the earth, right? He, he reigns in, in heaven, right? And that Jesus, although he had a time of earthly ministry, he isn't here right now, okay? That Jesus is also seated in heavenly places is what it says in Ephesians. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is the active member of the Trinity on the earth. He's the one that's currently operating through us who might follow Jesus. And he's even working in, in those who don't yet believe in Jesus, right? And that, that's a great, wherever you are, as far as who Jesus is, that's fine. We welcome you. This is a place for you to kind of figure that out, you know, to parse it out. Like, okay, who was this guy? Was he just like some carpenter or, or was he God, right? And if you're somewhere in that spectrum in there, you're welcome to kind of figure that out, ask questions, keep coming. Uh, we're not just for people who are following Jesus, obviously. Um, but I want to point out that the Holy Spirit works through us, that the Holy Spirit, he works through the church. And the way that God relates to us, it's not only contained within the Trinity himself, okay? That, that, that God relates to us oftentimes and reveals himself through other people that he's using in our lives, uh, that God actually operates through the church, right? The church is the thing that Jesus set up. It's not some man-made thing. The church isn't just our church. It's not just, you know, certain churches, right? It's, it's made up of any believer who is a, right, follower of Jesus. And Jesus is the one that set up his church. And it's his plan, his only plan, in fact, is the means to extend his love and extend his kingdom on this earth. Is through the church, through his followers, right? So, so it's the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to do that. But I want to point out that, that you can't just have a relationship with God between just you and God. That he's locked away, that he's tied up some of the instructions, some of the revelations, some of the equipping, some of the, the wisdom, he's locked it up in other people around you. All right, that, that the only way that God's going to allow you to be fully equipped so that you can accomplish the purpose that he has for you is that if you are part of a community of other people who are following Jesus, right? Because the way he works through his church, right, he equips each of us with different gifts, as we'll see later on 
in the text we're looking at today. <clears throat> but I just want to point that out is that we can't just have a relationship with God without also having a relationship with one another. Uh, if you're interested in having a Bible today, um, I'll just point at Nathan because he's back there. Uh, he could grab some of the black ESV Bibles, not the blue ones. Uh, just raise your hand. You can take that home. You can keep it forever. Uh, we're on page 821. He's really trying to pitch it, pitch it there. It's not working. But uh, page 821 is where we're reading today. Uh, if you have another Bible, it's probably not page 821, just so you're aware, but it might give you a ballpark. And uh, also, um, we're tech-friendly here, so if you want to use a cell phone or whatever to follow along with Scripture, that's welcome. But obviously, uh, we try to value face-to-face interaction because, uh, as we'll see, God intended us, the church, to be a family together, not to just kind of like, you know, be texting each other the whole time. Like, I don't want to just text you all the sermon as you guys are reading it, you know, obviously, you know, so... But you can use your your technology to follow along if you'd like. Uh, So 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 4 through 6, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, all right? There's diversity in the gifts, in the way that God expresses uh, his, his giftings, right? But it's the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So I I highlighted some specific words there because I wanted to point out that the Trinity, all three members are acutely involved in how he equips his church, right? That how he works through each of us, that all three members of the Trinity are involved. The other thing I want to point out is that uh, it's the same spirit, it's the same Lord, it's the same God that we serve, all right? And however consistent or the same that he is, because he's immutable, he's unchanging, he, that doesn't mean that he only expresses himself to people in the same way. He operates through us in varieties, right, is the word that he used. There's diversity of ways that we are each individually gifted. Right? There's diversities in the way that, that we might all serve, right? You might be passionate about starting some sort of ministry or outreach or trying to find a way to reach, you know, another nation or a people group or to help, you know, a, a single mothers or whatever you might be you passionate about. It might be different than some of the other things that people in here are passionate about, but it's the same Lord that we serve, right? All of the services that is taking place, even though it's going to be various in its kind, it's the same master and Lord that we serve, okay? So he's the one that's, that's behind all of it. And it's the same God who empowers us to do all of those things. So I want to point that out, that although God is the same, right? He's unchanging, that he has a variety of ways that he expresses himself through his people, right? That we aren't all supposed to suddenly be the same, which is good news, I hope. I hope you find that to be good news. Uh, so let's see, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 7, reading on. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Manifest- manifestation just means that it's, it's brought into reality, all right? That the Spirit is actually working through us in, a obser- in an observable way, right? There's some sort of evidence in the way that God is, is working through you, right? So that the Spirit, each of us is given some sort of evidence, some sort of work, some sort of gift, and it's different. All right, there's the variety, but it's the same spirit. And the purpose of our gifts are not for self-service. 
The purpose of our gifts aren't just so that, you know, I can have my awesome fun time hanging out with God and my awesome relationship with him. The gifts that he gives us is for the common good, right? It's for the, the rest of the believers, right? That I'm, I shouldn't just be kind of hiding the thing that God shares with me for only myself, that we actually should be sharing those things. It says this a couple chapters away in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in the building up of the church. So the purpose of our gifts, all right, the purpose of even the supernatural gifts, all right, even like the kind of like, wow, power of God showing up, the purpose isn't for like, you know, us all being impressed. It's not for, you know, one of us to boast, you know, like if I had a healing ministry or something going on, uh, or it could work miracles. It's not for drawing attention to myself. It's for drawing attention to God and then also for serving others, right? The purpose is for serving others, for the building up of the church and for reaching those who are not yet part of God's family, right? It's, it's, it's for that sort of purpose. Uh, so I just want to point that out, that, that we're not meant to be self-serving in our gifts. And uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 it says, for to one, now here it's listing out some of these more supernatural spiritual gifts. For to one is uh, given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom. All right, other translations might call it a word of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy to another, the ability to distinguish or to discern spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. So I want to point out that the same spirit is in operation in all of us when he expresses these gifts. All right, it's not like I'm going to go like pray to my like spirit of prophecy over here while you're praying to your spirit of healing. All right, we serve the same God. We don't like go to like different sub deities or something like that. Uh, We serve the same spirit. And that he gives each of us these gifts, all right? And these are, like I said, these are kind of the more supernatural, powerful ones, uh, which, yeah, we, we do believe in. But I want to point out that these gifts, uh, I will cover more in depth when we kind of go back to the book of Acts and study through that or in a future sermon. But I figured we might as well read through it while it's in the middle of this text that I was reading through. Because, yeah, uh, because, well, for one thing, me just teaching on, on something once isn't going to be sufficient for it to cause a, an action or a reality in us. Uh, because the Bible says that through faith, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I figure mentioning something more than once is probably a good idea. So our faith builds, and then we're willing to act out on it. And it turns out that even in the context of the supernatural gifts, it says that in Romans 12, for us to prophesy in proportion to our faith. I like that word proportion. That's a math term, right? That's like fractions and ratios, right? So, so get this. If, if I don't have faith for prophecy, what amount of prophecy do I get? I get none. If I get some more faith in prophecy, I'm going to get some actual output from that faith. Okay, so the more that I study this, the more that I pursue this, right, the more that my faith builds, the more that I spend time with the Holy Spirit, the more that I'll be able to operate according to him. Whereas if I just completely ignore this stuff from the Bible, then the output is going to be zero, 
because it's in proportion to my faith. So we'll, we'll study more about that. And in fact, even like this week at the missional communities, our home small groups, I'll have you guys kind of read some more on this stuff and, and you can encourage one another in that. But uh, 1 Corinthians twelve eleven it says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so first of all, we, we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is not an energy, right? It's not like he, these obviously being supernatural. It's not like he's giving us superpowers where then we get to decide how to use them. Or we get to suddenly like, I'm going to be a superhero or a supervillain with my superpower. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a person. And it's as he wills, as he chooses, he expresses these gifts within his church. All right? So it's not like I can just be like, well, I want this gift right now and I can't make it happen. It's not according to my will. So it's according to the Spirit's desire, the Spirit's will, that these are, are then demonstrated. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, it's talking about a physical body, and all the members of the body, right, are many, but are one body, so it is with Christ. All right, so he's talking about a physical body, trying to paint an analogy here, and he says that just like our bodies have a whole bunch of variety in, in them, right? I've got head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes, right? That, that's the same way it is with Christ in terms of how we relate to one another. So let's keep reading. This is kind of interesting. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, okay? What the title of the sermon is the body of Christ, and that's the body that we've been baptized into. And it says, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. So Paul uses this analogy of a, a human body to describe how we are as the church, where he, he's talking about the fact that each of us are members of the body of Christ. And by members, I don't want you to think of like members of a club because we don't, we don't actually have like a, me- a membership roster here that we keep track of, right? Think like family members, all right? That's what we kind of, talk about at our church. And, uh, and this, this is the idea is that we are all, right, part of the body of Christ and that the church is the people, it's not the, the building, right? That's, that's, what, that's what we're a part of is we're part of, of God's family. And that's why we were able to have church at a concert hall or at parks throughout Wilmington, you know, or we were able to have church even in the pub across the street, right? There's, like, we're the church wherever we are because we're gathering. And, and we are the people of God. That is the church. So it's not like, you know, we don't think that this building is particularly sacred or holy, you know, but hopefully we're doing sacred and holy things here because we are the church. Uh, so, so Paul says that each of us are a part of the body. And what's cool is that he says, right, neither, you know, slave nor free, neither Jew nor Greek, right, that where, wherever you're, you're from, whatever your background is, that we've all become one, right? So that all of us have different stories and different experiences. All of us have had different struggles with sin, right? All of us, God has worked through in different ways and all of us, God will give different gifts. But we, we and it doesn't matter what, what background we have, we've all, we're now working for a common purpose, just like, you know, my fingers hopefully can work as a team to accomplish like opening a bag of potato chips, right? So like, they can, they can accomplish a purpose even though they're all different. And, and that God intends 
on us being different. That he doesn't want us to all suddenly be the same. All right, and that, that we are different for a reason and there will be people that because of your background that you'll be able to reach individuals that I won't. All right, we were talking about that at Celebrate Recovery on Friday that, right, that some people, maybe they should only focus on serving at Celebrate Recovery and, and maybe not worry as much about it on a Sunday morning because they might have walked a path similar to someone else that's coming in the door for the first time. And they might be able to relate to them better where it's their story that is able to better help that person, right? So, so wherever you're from, whatever your story, whatever your heritage, God has that for a reason and he's willing to use it for his glory. Let's see, let's look at verse 14. It says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. All right, so I want to point that out, that just like the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the gifts as he chooses. God is the one that arranges us and how we relate to one another and which local church we connect with, what families we're connected with, right? As he chose. He's the one that that orchestrates it, right? Because to be honest, I didn't have any plans of ever leaving like my hometown. I loved living where I did. I love my hometown. But God like transplants my family and it's like, okay, as he chose, right? That he's going to now connect me with new people. Right, And he, he arranges us in the way that he sees fit. Let's see, verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So I want to point this out. That the, you know, it's an analogy between our physical bodies and the way the church is. Okay? Uh, and it's not like the Holy Spirit, who is inspiring the author of this passage, was comparing the work that he does in the church to the work that someone else did, right? It's not like he was using an analogy of like, oh, like that, that artwork that someone did, what I'm doing is kind of like that because it's the same God that designed our bodies, right? He's the one that designed our bodies and he's like, listen, I'm using this now as a metaphor for how I intend to operate through my church, right? That the same God that designed our bodies is the same God that organizes his church, organizes his people, right? That, uh, I forget which epistle it's in, but it says that, uh, that he made a people of whom there were no people, right? Like in terms of Christians, like we can have so many different backgrounds, but he's the one that, that brought us together. And so it's not just some sort of neat comparison that the Holy Spirit's doing here. He's comparing it to a work that he was involved in when we were first designed. And the way that God designed our physical bodies is that we have individual parts and they all have a purpose and a function. It says in Proverbs 20, uh, verse 12, that the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. All right, that God, when he designed things, he intended them to work. All right, and although obviously our bodies now experience uh, disease and discomfort and death, uh, that's a result of our sin and our fallen world that we're in, but that's not what God's original design is. Right, that he builds things 
with a purpose and with a design intending them to function. And so the same way that he's designed our, our bodies, I almost did like the sign of the cross there. I just realized, I, was like, I don't think I've ever done one of those, but, but I don't know. Well, anyways, okay, all right, yeah, I don't know. One of those, close enough. <laughs> uh, we love you, Lord. Uh, so, so God is, is a God of order, right? Just like how he organizes our body, he also organizes us together. And um, I want to point out that our, our body isn't all, all noses, because that would be weird if our body was all noses. That, that's what you would call a, a freak, right? Like, if, like, that would be like, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not sort of thing, right? And, and we're not all noses, but we are interconnected intentionally. Because just like our physical body, right, has a variety of different parts and purposes and organs and, and everything, their, their relationship with one another is what allows them to function best. It's that the fact that they have like this symbiotic relationship, if I use that phrase, that they, they work best, that they function best when they're working together. And, and I want to point out that we, as believers, we're supposed to be different. You and I and everyone else are not supposed to be the same, right? Just like I shouldn't have a body made up of all noses, right? The variety is a good thing. And God sees the same thing in his church family, that the variety is an awesome thing that he uses for his glory. And that he, he equips us each in different ways to accomplish what he's called us to do on an individual basis, right? The particular things he's asked me to do with my life. But he's also equipped me in particular ways that I can accomplish collectively with you guys what he's called us to do, right? So he's, he's purposed you in a particular way to live your life individually and collectively to accomplish what he intends, so I, I want to point out that as a result, we shouldn't try to be someone else. We shouldn't compare ourselves to other people, right? Like, I'm really glad that, that when I get to be, like, you know, preaching up here or when I, as a pastor, that I don't have to try to be like Billy Graham or I don't have to try to preach like an Andy Stanley, that I can come up here and, and God can just use me as I am with kind of my quirky, nerdy background and just like, he wants me to preach like a Brian Waddy because that's how he made me. Right? That, and, and, that's, and so I thank you, guys, that you let me be me, and, and I'm glad that you guys are you. And God is happy about that. So it's not a matter of like, you know, oh, I wish I had that person's gift, or I wish I could sing, I wish I had that talent. Right? It's a matter of we need you to be you, because the body works best together when, when we're doing what we're supposed to do. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 10, I don't have this on the screen, but in terms of comparison, it says this, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. So we're not supposed to measure our success or what we're doing in a metric against either what another church is doing or what another person's doing, right? We are called to do specifically what God called us to do, right? So comparison ends up being uh, foolish thing to do. It's, it's done without understanding. That's not what God wants us to do. It's not about us comparing. And uh, in terms of desiring to have another gift or to be placed in the body in a different way, it's not helpful to have a hand that's trying to pretend to be a nose. Okay? Like, you might be able to, like, fool a kid, like, ah, I got your nose, right? But you're not fooling anyone else. And if, if you were called to be a hand and you're pretending to be a nose, We've got a few problems. One is like, you know, that's not functioning, 
You have no scent capacity when you're trying to do that. And then also, we're now missing out on having a hand because we really liked a hand. That's what you were meant to be. And that's what God's called you to be. So if, you're, if we're busy like trying to be something we're not, then we end up disappointing ourselves in a couple ways where we can't do the thing we're trying to do and now we're not doing the thing we were asked or called to do. So that's what we need to do is, is to grow and serve in the areas that the Holy Spirit has, has equipped us. Another possibility is that you may be called to be a hand, but it just might not be your time to be fully functioning yet. All right, think about like my kids that uh, they had hands the day they were born. But if I gave them Cheerios or Cheos as we call them in our house, like before they had the dexterity to do this, like they would just like, you know, like, like, like it doesn't work, right? Even though the hand is a hand, it's just lacking the dexterity. It hasn't matured yet or they, they don't have the ability to get it under control in the way they need to in order to accomplish what they need. So you might be called to do a certain thing. It might just not be your time yet. And that's okay. Because God intends on us being able to mature, right? To be able to grow up, right? To be equipped as the body of Christ to fulfill what he wants us to do. So, so uh, we don't, you know, hopefully give people responsibility too early before they're ready. And that's the crazy thing too. You might even have the gift right now. God might have given you an ability right now and you're just like at the gates, like I can't wait to use this. Like, let me, let me add it. Like I want to do what I'm called to do. But throughout the Bible, we see that whenever God's called someone or has someone raised up as a leader, there's usually a, a waiting period before they actually act it out. Sometimes it's a long time. Like for Moses, it was 40 years before he actually was doing what God called him to do. Uh, but that was also by God's intent. Like he was working on Moses at that point. And that, that you might have an ability or a gift and that gift can actually get you places, right? That, that gift or that talent can get you, you know, moving up in the ranks sort of thing. But what's more important to God is that you have the character to keep you there. Because so often we, we hear stories of people who have a gift or are talented or musicians or pastors or whatever, or leaders, and then some scandal breaks out. And they lose it all, right? And even though they had the gift, they didn't have the character that God needed to develop in their lives, right? So that's something that God might be doing in you right now. I'm not sure. But also, like, you might need to step out and start functioning as a hand if God's asked you to be a hand right now. Because, uh, yeah, if, if you're called to be a hand and you're not being the hand you're meant to be, then, like, everyone else is kind of carrying around, like, some dead weight. And like, we need you to function, to be a part of the body. <coughs> so, um, yeah, so being a part of the body while not functioning is, is unhealthy. Although there are seasons of growth, all right? Like if you've just become a believer or you're just starting to follow Jesus, yeah, you might need to focus on just like reading your Bible and just like growing and learning more about God or befriending people and just like having relationship with other believers and having people that are going to cheer you on and root for you to succeed. Right there, there, where there is a time where you just need to focus on growing, and that's a good thing. That's a God-given thing. But if you're not in that place, right? If if you're past the point where you're supposed to be acting now, then I'd, I'd ask you to you know step out and and act. Start serving in the body in the way that God has called you to serve. Let's see. First Corinthians twelve verse twenty-one <coughs> says that the eye cannot say to the hand, 
that I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And upon our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So I want to point out that there is no reality in which I could say to someone, I don't need you. All right, that, that all of us are needed in the body of Christ. Right, that, that I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Because in fact, God's got it set up where we each have a, a designed deficiency, where we have a dependency on other people. And that's God's intent, where he's given us an intentional interdependency, where each one of us is needed for the whole and every one of us needs the others. All right, that's, that's the way God has designed it. So God did not make all of us the same. He didn't like just, you know, have some sort of cookie cutter like you decided to follow Jesus and now everyone looks the same, right? God has us all different and he does that on purpose and we all need each other. That's the way he's got it set up. So each of us has a unique gifting, a unique story and a unique purpose and God has us different intentionally. And this is why there's no such thing as being a lone ranger Christian, right? That God doesn't want you living out your life in relationship with him by yourself, right? God calls us to community with other believers, where God calls us to rely on one another, to be able to encourage one another. So I want to point out that, that the church family needs you, that you are a part of God's family. And when I say church family, I'm not saying like Valley Town, all right? This isn't like me trying to rally up you guys to do anything. This is talking about us as the global church, right? The body of Christ, all believers, all followers, that that church family needs each of us. That's the family that needs us, all right? Because that is the church that is intended to be able to extend God's love and extend God's kingdom to those who don't yet know him, all right? And so if Valley Town Church isn't meant to be your home church, that's okay, all right, it won't hurt my feelings or for long, okay? Like, I'll get over it. I love you guys. But, but I'd be more happy to know that you're in the place that God has called you to be. Right? That's why, like, back when we launched Rivertown Church, like, we sent out families. It's like, listen, you all needed to be praying about whether or not you're supposed to be down there. And that was okay. Because God's the one that orchestrates the body as he intends it. So he's the one that's got the plan. But... If it's not here that you're called, you are needed somewhere, all right? You, you do have a purpose and you are desperately needed in the body of Christ. And so in terms of our need for one another, even in terms of our, our individual lives, removing away from the church analogy, when God first designed man, right? When God first created everything, everything was good. And the first thing that God said was not good was the absence of something where he said it was not good for man to be alone, right? That his, his design for us as people is, is a need for relationship with one another. That's what God has purposed us for. 
And that's the same way with his church family is that we need each other. It's not good for us to be alone. Verse 26, it says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So I want to point out that we are to love one another. We are to care for one another. We're to serve each other. That when there's a need, that we reach out in compassion. And that's actually what we see with Jesus. All right, in Ephesians uh, 5, I don't have this one on the screen, verse 29, it says, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. So, so we as a church family, Jesus cares for us. And when one of us is, is suffering, when a, one of us experiences tragedy, we're supposed to care for each other. And in fact, that's one of the things that has thrilled me the most about our missional communities is seeing people develop genuine friendships with one another, where it goes beyond just the like Sunday morning, hi, how are you doing? Oh, how about that weather? You know, like where like you actually get to know each other. And then when, whenever we've had someone experience a tragedy or go through a struggle and they've been a part of the missional community, just being able to see the, the family of God be the family of God where they rally around that person, they pray for them, and they support them in any way that they can, right? And that's, that's what we're supposed to do. And like when I see that, that thrills me as a pastor, right? Like I just get so excited when I see the church doing what the church is supposed to do. But it's not just in terms of when there's suffering, but also when there's, when there's victory, right? When there's, when there's a good thing that happens, when someone has something that they are now honored or or, you know, if someone gets a new job or a new house or a new kid, right, that, that we as the church can now rejoice with them, right? It's, it's amongst other believers that when someone else is victorious in an area that even I am not, that God has so purged our hearts as believers that I don't need to have selfish ambition, right? That I don't need to have jealousy towards someone else's success, or I don't have to be like, wait, why isn't God doing this for me right now? Right? Because he can purge that from our hearts where we can legitimately, genuinely rejoice for one another when there's a victory. Right? And that's, a, that's an awesome thing that happens in the church. And, and that's, that's also true that, right, all of heaven rejoices when a single sinner repents. Right? So that's what we too should be like pumped and excited when that happens. All right? Or when a brother is restored back Right after, you know, I might, you know, someone might fall away or struggle with sin for a while. When someone gets restored, like we should throw a party. Like that's the sort of thing we get excited about when that happens. Let's see, let's, let's keep going. Verse 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ, right? There's like the, the title line right there. And individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church. And now he, he lists through some of the the roles, some of the places that he's gifted people, okay? And, he, and these are all like public demonstrations of these gifts or offices, if you want to think about them that way, perhaps. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. 
All right, and this is not the complete list. I, like I said, I'm going to have you guys check out some of the other verses. It's on your bonus content. You can read it at the missional community or on your own time. But then it asks this question, verse 29, are all apostles? Right, this is a rhetorical question. The answer is no. We're not all apostles. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? And we'll talk about tongues later on because... This one is the public demonstration of it. Uh, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, which I'll let you know that 1 Corinthians, uh, at the end of this chapter, uh, as well as in chapter 14, it talks about that the higher gifts are the ones that are edifying the church, right? Where it's not just about edifying or building up our own faith and, and spiritual selves. So it says this, that, that you are the body of Christ, that the church is the body of Christ. And think about this, right? That, that Jesus' body isn't on the earth right now. He's in heaven. And the Holy Spirit who is on the earth, he doesn't have a body because he's a spirit, okay? Spirits don't have flesh and bone. Uh, the body that God uses on the earth right now is us, where he's operating through us collectively in order to accomplish what he wants to do so that the church as a whole should be doing the things that Jesus was doing when he was just himself, right? That all together we're doing the things that, that he is all about, that we are empowered by the Spirit to be the means by which we reach the world, showing them God's love. In terms of, of these gifts, uh, there are true Christians, all right, true believers. There's probably people in here who believe that some of these gifts have ceased, okay? And that's, that's okay, like that doesn't make them not a follower of Jesus if they think that. But, but we believe that, yeah, they will cease. Okay, there will be a day when that happens. Right, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about that, and I think 1 Corinthians chapter 2 does as well. I had it on last week's bonus content, but we'll see. Which also, by the way, if you ever lost that piece of paper, all of those are all linked online with like the sermons that you can listen to online or listen on YouTube. If you ever want to like find out the rest of it, you know, or, or like, ah, oh, too bad I lost that paper, like, you could find it. But, uh, but yeah, but the idea is that these gifts will one day cease, and they cease when Jesus comes back, all right? Because Jesus will return, and that's when we won't need these gifts anymore. But uh, I do hope to look at some of these gifts a little bit later on this summer when I get to either in Acts or as its own series be able to talk about them. But, but the thing I want to point out is that, that we are commended to pursue these gifts, all right, and, and that sort of pursuit shouldn't be like, a, like this, like, a, all right, ready or not, here I come. Eh, I don't know. Like, like, we should, like, it should be a pursuit more than just like a 30-second like, huh, you know, like, I wonder, like, God, do you have any gifts for me? Like, am I supposed to be serving in a way? Uh, and and the, the thing that's hard, and that I, I know I've even failed in this, is that I only read this passage like, you know, once in a while. You know, it's not like I'm like reading this passage all the time, so I'm not then applying it all the time. So the thing that I've had to do is like I'll have like a reminder on my phone or I have it as a part of my prayer list where like, have I been pursuing the gifts lately? Because as a believer, I'm commanded to, right? And what's, what's cool also, I'll let you know, is the chapter right after this verse is 1 Corinthians 13, the, the love chapter, right? The thing that's read at weddings all the time. I've even, I've even read it at a wedding before, right? Where the purpose of the gifts, the, the, they, right, they accomplish things for the building up of the body, but the motivation behind the gifts 
is love. All right, so they're, they're not just for self-glory, for like, everyone look at me. Look at what God's doing through me. It's, it's service done, motivated by love. And that's the same way that Jesus operated when he was on this earth, that, that he would do miracles, he would do things when he was, he was moved with compassion for people, right? And that's, so that's the balance there, that we don't just get all like kooky pursuing the gifts and then just completely ignore the people that we're supposed to be loving right now. Let's have uh, Josh come back up and there's one more verse I want to look at which is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Uh, and I've got it up there, so it's a couple chapters away from the others. And it says, when you come together, each one has a hymn, right? A lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So the idea is that whenever we believers gather, right, whether it's here on a Sunday or at a missional community or at the women's Bible study, that that God might have placed things in your heart, right, where he's been maybe showing you something or an encouragement for someone, right, or some, something. He might have placed something in your heart and you're supposed to bring it to the table, right, where I know that, like, at the women's Bible studies, I haven't been, obviously, but, uh, but I've heard that, like, they've shared the things that God's been doing in their lives, right, and that's awesome. That's what we want to see. Or, like, the, the song before the sermon, that's a song that Josh wrote, right, and it's just cool that, like, God's given him a hymn to sing, right? To share with the body that all of us are encouraged in meditating on the truth of, of who Jesus is, right? That, that all of us are to bring something to the table and that that's going to require just yielding to the Holy Spirit because it's not like, you know, suddenly, you know, we're all going to necessarily want to do that. We have to be like, okay, like, I feel like God's telling me to do this. And like learning that voice where you're willing to like step out when he's asking you to do something a little bit uncomfortable for you, uh, that takes time. That takes relationship, that takes trust, where we can develop our friendship with the Holy Spirit and then we can just get used to his voice and we're more willing to step out boldly. And what I would say is that all of these things are done, are done for building up, but whether it's at a missional community or here, these are like safe places to learn, all right? Like if you're like figuring it out and you feel that God's telling you to do something and you're off, we'll correct it. Okay, like we won't let you like spout some false doctrine to everybody. Uh, but also that doesn't mean like you're suddenly uninvited, you know, like it's something you, you got to learn, like you're going to figure it out. Like, okay, like was this my idea or was this God, you know, and that takes time. But, but these are like, where else are you going to practice this sort of thing, right? This is, think about like, this is like the locker room and now we're like sending you out into the real world to go play the game, right? You, you got to like get rallied up and like practice this stuff when you're amongst friends, when you're among family. And then, you know, when God wants you to be able to step out in faith and like help someone or, or heal someone, who knows, that's out in the community, then you'll be ready to do it. All right, so that's the sort of thing that, you know, feel free to, uh, to step out in that way as, as God, you know, leads. And, uh, and I want to point out that you're needed, that God has given you gifts that he's given no one else or that at least within the family, that he intends on you to use. So I want you to pursue those gifts to grow in them because we need you to use them in order for us to, to function appropriately, right? That's what, what God's plan is. And it's, it's the same God, right? That even though there's a variety of different ways that God will work through us, it's the same God that we serve. So let's pray real quick before we have Josh closes out with a couple more songs. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that that it's your plan that you orchestrate us, that you brought us together as, as a body. 
that each of us have different gifts. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give those gifts as you will. That it's not that we could somehow manipulate you or make things happen. But it's as you will, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that all of our service, although it may be different, although we may be serving in different ways, we might be passionate about reaching different people, but it's you, it's the same Lord that we all serve. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you equip your church to work through us, that the mission that we've been given is not one that we have to figure out on our own, but that that we can have relationship with you, Holy Spirit, and that, that you'll lead us into all truth that you'll empower us, each one of us, with a different gift in order to serve for the common good. I thank you that it's not about us, that, that we're motivated by love when we do these things. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you don't just give us gifts, you also develop character within us. You develop fruit in our lives that is something to be desired by other people, and it's not that we're just full of ourselves. And Lord, we also pray for the Striscos. We thank you for the work that you've been doing in Brattleboro. We thank you that our church family, that this body of Christ extends beyond just us, but that there's many churches, many believers that we get to be connected with. We thank you that, Lord, you're by your plan, by your design, you're sending out Cookie Strisco to, to Sierra Leone. That, Lord, you're calling her to this place to, to minister and to reach these people. And God, we pray that you would empower her for all of that work. And we thank you that what she's doing, that the good works like like that you've called all of us to are ones that you've preordained, that you've thought of from before the foundations of the earth. So that God, it's just as simple as us just walking in them. We don't have to have it all figured out. And God, I just thank you for that family. And I ask that you would be a strength to them and encouragement to them. And that while they have their time away, that you would... Uh, just be ever-present in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.